Look, I grew up in the Midwest. The Knicks are nothing. If you don't grow up in New York, the Knicks were like the 13th team I thought about when I thought about the NBA as a kid. I don't know that Kyrie is ever going to get the, 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 the locker room dynamic, the regular season dynamic that he had in Cleveland, which I think he still craves. Uh, I think you guys are overestimating his shooting ability if he can't run. If he can't run, all I got to do is get up and get on his right side, Nick. Where's he going to go? Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Uh, here's Chris <laughs> Broussard. All right, here's my theory on this thing. Is that as much as we think the Knicks are great, they ended up with an old T-Mac and a mostly shot D-Rose and an old Sheed and Jason Kidd at the end of his career and Amari with bad knees. They're, they're dancing with the stars. That you're trying to reboot your career on that show. They never end up with the guy. I love, keep- yeah, I love your analogy. That That's hilarious. I, I got another one. They think, the Knicks think, you ever see the movie Shallow How? <laughs> when Jack Black thought he had Gwyneth Paltrow, but, right. you know. That's the Knicks. When I moved to New York, I grew up in the Midwest, and I moved to New York in 1998 to work for the New York Times and eventually covered the Nets first, then the Knicks. I was shocked at how much New Yorkers, particularly the media, thought how great the Knicks were. Like, they thought the Knicks were the Lakers, the Cowboys, the Yankees. Every time there was a free agent, at that time, I think Chris Webber at one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Grant Hill. Even when the Knicks didn't have money, Everybody swore they're getting one of these guys. They'll figure something out. These guys will take less, whatever. And I had to tell them, look, I grew up in the Midwest. The Knicks are nothing. If you don't grow up in New York, the Knicks were like the 13th team I thought about when I thought about the NBA as a kid. Yeah, when I grew up as a kid, the Detroit Pistons were great. Washington was great. The Northwest team, Seattle, Portland, Portland were great. Right. Of course, the Lakers. I mean, Detroit, Philadelphia, Houston, like – The Knicks are not that team. And the worst thing about it with your uh, example, Dancing with the Stars, is that the Stars tease them. Like every time they go there, they're like, it's the Mecca basketball. You love playing here in the garden. Kobe and MJ is my favorite place to play. Right, right. So they tease them, you know. By the way, there's a lot of places I like to visit. I love visiting New Orleans. (laughs) Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some of my best nights in New Orleans. Doesn't mean necessarily everybody wants to move their family there unless you're born and raised in Louisiana. Then it's right. Like there are places in the world the Knicks could be one of them. They're a great place to visit. You don't necessarily want to move and live there for the rest of your life. Colin, and that's not I, a knock I, on Louisiana, but I, right. it's a party city. I was talking to someone within the Knicks organization yesterday. And we were talking about the Kyrie thing, how it, you know, it really looks like he's leaning toward Brooklyn. Yeah. And the person said, if we don't get someone this summer, then we might as well just go Atlanta Hawks mode. Just forget free agency for the future and just rebuild through the draft and with young players. Like, forget it. Because, look, as bad as it was in 2010 when LeBron went to Miami and blew off the Knicks, the difference is that they hoped they could get LeBron. The fans, everybody hoped they would get LeBron. Now they believed they were getting Kevin Durant and still believe they're getting Kevin Durant. 
So if this summer, when you have two max slots, when you have all these free agents, when all this talk has been about Durant and someone else going to New York, if they don't get anybody, it is going to – this will be the worst summer that they've ever and experienced. I, and I, I, the, the, this whole thing is crazy. I read a story this morning, and, and I want to talk about KD. Um, he's not coming back 100% for the series. This has got to be eating him alive. This was going to be, Chris, such a clean break. My third title, I'm the MVP, and I'm going east. It would be perfect. It's like a movie. This now is a cobbled mess. This is not how movies end. I, he's going to sit there on the sideline. Toronto may win this series now. Clay's hobbled. Right. I mean, I, I, I look at this and I think, man, is this how KD wants to end this dynasty? This no, is a it, bad ending. It is. Of course, you don't ever want to end it like this. However, if, he, if they lose this series and he leaves, I mean, you know, they can't kill him. Like, he's free to go somewhere else. The question is, do you leave Golden State to go to Brooklyn? Like, I don't see that. Like, the Clippers aren't anything special either historically, but at least it's L.A. and it's a little, you know, Let me they got you a little something else going. So Kevin Durant, who's very sensitive, we would acknowledge that. Right. Nothing wrong with that. So Kevin Durant has heard for three years, oh, you joined a Hall of Fame-level point guard. It was his team. So now Kyrie's from Jersey will be seen as the Nets team. So now you're going to join a little flakier ball-centric Hall of Fame-level point guard, and it's his team first. Look, good point because the Knicks, when they get to talk to KD, because they know – Kyrie is recruiting, not going to recruit, recruiting KD. Already talking to him about, let's go to Brooklyn instead. And some of the feeling, I I don't know if this is actually how Kyrie feels, but the feeling among some people in the league is that the reason he prefers Brooklyn is because if it doesn't work out, if you don't win a championship there, you're not getting killed. You know, you go to New York with all the hype of KD and Kyrie coming there, expectations are championship by year three. And if you don't deliver, we know, we've seen it with all the legends that have gone there and failed, they kill you. So there's some of that thinking. But when the Knicks get to talk to KD, what you just said will be part of what they say. They'll say, look, you the man. Why are you following Kyrie? It's your, he's supposed to follow you. Thank you. Whoever you play with, KD, should follow you. But you don't want that narrative. Just what you said. I've heard that from the Knicks. So if they, when they get in front of KD and it looks like Brooklyn is a real threat, they're going to be like, KD, this is why you leave in Golden State because you don't want that narrative again. Now you're going to go do it all over again? With a flakier point guard. Join you? Yeah, like at least Golden State, you knew you were going to win. Well, and also, I mean, just the personality. Steph is, if nothing else, wildly stable and dependable. Right. I mean, Kyrie is incredibly talented, but I think even Kyrie fans, he's a little more erratic. He, I mean, he's moved away from successful partnerships. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. I, I, let me just throw this at you. Somebody told me this years ago. The, the, the strongest word on-air talent people should ever use is no. Because managers hear, oh, here's some money, want the job. Yes, I'll take the job. And you say, no. Oh, it's time out. we got to have a meeting. The host doesn't take the – no is powerful. Right. Waiting is powerful. Patience is powerful. LeBron would have been better off 
sitting this year out and uh, perusing the landscape. In one year from now, if KD comes back to the Warriors, who's available next year? What teams next year have space? If he well, just comes back and says, you know what? I watched LeBron. Probably should have taken a deep breath. I'll go back to Golden State win. In one year, does Dallas now with Porzingis and Luka have an opening? Like, I'm at, who's in a well, year? There's that, but also even the teams now that have space. What those teams should do is if you don't, like, let's say the Knicks strike out. Right. Don't go out there and foolishly spend your money on guys that don't deserve it. Tobias Harris. That are just going to make you mediocre. Yeah, good player. Like, save your money because then at least you can make trades when you have cap room. Maybe next summer when AD is available. Like you said, maybe KD, if he were to stay, he'd be available. But from KD's perspective, he can look at the landscape. Where does Kyrie go? How does it work out? Where does Kawhi go? How does it work out? What's going on with the Clippers? It doesn't even have to be different teams. It will be some of them, but it doesn't have to be different teams. You can just watch and see how this plays out with the current teams that have cap room. It's crazy. So Clay plays tonight. Um, Clay will not be 100%. He popped a hamstring. Um, you know, they'll probably want to get about 28 minutes out of him. If nothing, he's a great decoy. They need 20-plus points. My takeaway I mean, is, what do you think happens tonight? Well, I'm going to stick with my pick of Golden State in six, but I'm not hung up on the games now. <laughs> I'm just hung up on Golden now, State. Now, Kerr said, I had this, I, I, what is this, Joy? Kerr said that Durant will be available for game five. Well, possibly five or six. So said, is that, We've been here since the you, Portland series. If Golden State wins tonight, it's six. I would believe that. That's yes. what I think. Yes. But I'm I'm if you put a gun to my head, I don't know now. Cause I've heard so many things about KD. I heard before the final started, he's not gonna play. It's worse than people are letting on. This was from people close to it. Then of course there came out the reports that he'll be ready for game three or four or now five or six. So I don't know what to believe. But if you put a gun to my head I, and I had to make a, a bet, I would say I don't think he plays in the series. That's what Joy says. Yeah, just because, like, the same – this has been going on now for a month. Oh, he might be back in a few games. He might be back in a few weeks. And it just keeps getting longer and longer. I'm not a doctor, obviously, a sports doctor who watched KD in some of these clips. When KD had the ice pack on, the doctor said to me, why is the ice pack so low? It's not on his calf. The ice pack was down below the calf, near the Achilles. He wasn't suggesting it's a torn Achilles, but that, that's not where the ice pack would be on a strained calf. Do you agree that the Raptors should be favored to win the whole series? I believe they should be slight favored. Skip, I don't know if you noticed it, but did you see where that bandage was on Kevin Durant? It sure wasn't hop around his calf. Now, I didn't know the calf run way down close by your Achilles, but that's not the end of there. I did not notice that. But if you get a chance oh, to look so back So your at, suggestion is that... I, I'm just saying, it didn't look like a calf injury to me. Uh -huh. I wish they stopped lying because uh -huh. he's been close since Portland. Uh -huh. And we're a month later in Kevin Durant... Because wasn't he supposed to go through a simulated practice, but then the trainer said, well, we didn't feel comfortable putting him... Hmm. Okay. I do believe they should be slight favorite. And I think when Vegas factored in, because Vegas had the Warriors as the favorite, mm -hmm. but they were anticipating Kevin Durant was going to come back. Yep. Okay, now 
Kevin, I think Vegas even is resigned to the fact mm -hmm. KD's not coming back, and now we got a banged up uh, Clay. Now, how much will Clay play, and how effective will he be? Skip, I believe had Clay played Wednesday, they would have won that game, given what the explorers. Now maybe. Steph doesn't need to do what he did, mm -hmm. but I think he's the one guy that could have came along with Steph mm -hmm. and prop possibly gave you high 20s, maybe even 30, to go with Steph Curry's numbers. He didn't get that, and so we know what happened. But I do believe they should be the slight favorite. Mm. The Warriors, the Warriors, the, the Raptors are a very formidable team. They're very, very balanced. I don't anticipate all five starters scoring at least 17, but Skip, this is the first time. This is uncharted territory mm. for the Warriors. The Warriors says, we've been here before. Yeah, you were down 2-1. But the team that had the 2-1 lead, they had the injuries that you have now. Mm. Now you're down 2-1, and you have the injuries. Mm -hmm. It's a different ball game because Cleveland had you 2-1, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love. Now you're down 2-1 with no KD and a possibly gimpy clay. So the, the tables have turned. Mm -hmm. I agree with uh, uh, Vegas that they should be a slight favorite. The Steelers are a dangerous team. If Clay can come back and be somewhat resembles the Clay Thompson that he was on Sunday, we got ourselves a series. We're going back to Toronto 2-2. Mm. So it sounds like my friend Shannon Sharp across the table has flipped his pick over to the Raptors because he says they should be favored, so now you're picking the Raptors to win the series. I said they should be slight favored, like okay. Vegas. Are you slightly picking the Raptors to win this series? Well, not, 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 not in this segment, but maybe down the road. Down the road? Maybe I can't get it out of you right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the D block. You're reserving the right to flop in the D block. Uh, possibly. Okay. I mean, some news might come through, just like Kevin Durant wasn't gonna practice. Oh. So you know, we might get some breaking news. I cannot keep up <laughs> with your bandwagon jumping, and the bandwagon has now rolled for the Raptors because everybody aboard the bandwagon is all a prisoner of the moment of Game Three the other night. Wow. Did you see those Raptors? Did you see Kyle Lowry? Did you see Siakam? Did you see Gasol? Yeah. Did you see? Surge, did you see? Did fleet. you see? Did you see yep. the Raptors? I still got the Warriors in seven. I had them in seven before this all started. I'm sticking with seven. I still. I told you yesterday they would win tonight with or without Clay or KD. And even with Clay hobbled, whatever he is, they're going to win tonight's game four. So that means they'll win four. They will go lose five at Toronto. They will come back and win six at Golden State. And they will go win seven because I do not trust number two you in a game seven him. in his quote unquote house. Well, I tell that, you what, that is soon not to be his house. You know when you're going to trust vacate him? That you know house. when going to You know when you're yep. going to start trusting him? When he's holding that Bill Russell trophy yep. for the most valuable player in the finals. Okay, you, you have me there, but that ain't happening. <laughs> and I've said it's not, and I'm sticking by that. So the point is that, that obviously with Clay tonight, the, the, the betters are still leaping aboard the bandwagon to the point that even after the news became pretty official that he's going to be in the starting lineup, the spread went from five and a half yesterday down to four and a half. So people are betting pretty heavily on the Raptors tonight to win this game. Mm -hmm. And if they win this game, is that it's not over. commanding? Yes. Is that it? Yes. I don't know if it's over, but it's commanding. It's over. You think so? Yeah. Ooh. You might be able to get Because, I mean, hold that. on. Is LeBron James going to mm -hmm. join the Warriors for these mm -hmm. last three? Because that's the only man that could possibly pull off a 3-1 deficit. Well, 
No, that's not true because the only other man, the, the real man in this series, is Kevin Durant. We ain't coming that back. seven foot monster. So I am going to concur with you on only one point that you made. Yesterday, for the first time, really all series, all season, I said, you know what? Kevin Durant has dribbled his last dribble for the Golden State Warriors. That's it. That's all folks, right? He yep. should wear that T-shirt tonight, right? He's out uh -huh. because I'm virtually sure he's not going to be a Warrior next year. I don't know that for a fact, but all of my instincts tell me he's out, and he's definitely out for the rest of this series. And I agree with your premise. It has to be more serious than a calf strain. Mm -hmm. It has to be an Achilles something tear, maybe not rupture, but but something's wrong with his Achilles where he just can't go. And they keep flim-flamming us day after day after day only because they're playing games with the Raptors. They want the Raptors to fear that, hey, even tonight he might Willis Reed it. Right. He might just show up. That seven-foot monster might show up, a tip off tonight and walk right out to midcourt and say, let's go, right? Because now you force Nick Nurse to prep for it Every time. Right. But just in case, we're going to do this, we're going to do right. that to defend him, to defend them, right? Yeah. And I'm with you. It's over and it is done because they flim-flammed us the night before after the game because they announced, <laughs> Steve Kerr announced that he was going to play three-on-three -three the next morning with some uh, the coach, the assistant coaches and some of the G-leaguers, right? Yes. And nothing happened. So some of the Kerr quotes. See, look at that, look at that, look at that yeah. bandage, Skip. Okay. Look at that All bandage, right. All right. Now I, I don't know. I don't know if yo you got calves that's way down there. Mm. That he's got long calves, man. Yeah, yeah the calves don't yep. go that long. They don't go that long. So it, it, now Kerr is still hanging in, saying that this three-on-three -three game. He says, "I think that's something that will happen in the coming days." He says, "Probably tomorrow, maybe the following day, or the next couple of." Stop it, Steve. <laughs> We're running out of days, right? <laughs> yeah. You you can't keep planting that seed of doubt in Nick Nurse's mind. I'm I'm sorry. I'm done with that. And and he keeps saying there was no setback. Well, there was no setback because they never disclosed the full extent of the injury to start with. That is correct. Okay. So I I got that. So these are all semantics. Now, back to Clay Thompson. What does this say about Clay Thompson? How valuable is Clay Thompson if in fact suddenly you have a chance with Clay, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do I expect from Clay Thompson tonight? Will he go back to being the primary defender on number two? No way, Jose. Not tonight, right? Because with the hamstring, and I know you refer to it a hammy, and, and I'm not condemning you for this, but it just it just irritates me when people call it hammy. Everybody calls it <laughs> hammy because it 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 it, it sort of it deprioritizes it. it. It delegitimizes just how it's the biggest muscle in the body. I, I don't like to call it a hammy because it's disrespectful to the hamstring muscle. Yeah. Because once it goes, it, it it is vicious what happens. It controls your whole body. So do I think he's going to be able to shuffle side to side and, and strain and stretch that hamstring to play defense on number two? I do not. But what does he bring to Steph Curry? he turns him lethal again right. because Steph needs a co-threat. Mm -hmm. He just does. I, we, we've seen it now in two straight games where you can't – now if with Clay, you, you can't prioritize that guy. Right. You can't double him. You can't try to get the ball out of his hands because if you do, the other guy will shoot you out of right. the gym. Right. So that's what you do. You need brothers – Plural, splash brothers. Now it's you, not brother. You just have another guy running off screens okay. on opposite sides 
So where do you go? You can't – because, Skip, all they had to do was just set their defense to take away yeah. Steph, and they couldn't do that. Right. Even though they didn't have another outside shooter. Yeah. How do you take Steph away now with that guy on the floor? But, yeah. Skip, this is where Klay Thompson adds value. When you take him off the court, it hurts your defense because now you really only have two defenders out there. That's Draymond. That's Iggy. Sean Livingston is not a defender. For all the how great Steph Curry is, he's not a defender. Mm -hmm. Boogie Cousins is not a defender. Well, so plus, they, they just... They just brutalized him in the pick and roll the other night. They they, they shamed him. Yes, Demarcus. They they just they just made him look ridiculous. What I think six of the last seven games, Skip, they felt falling behind by at least double digits in the first half. Yeah, that's not offense. Mm -hmm. That's defense. Yeah. So Clay, not only does he bring you something on the offensive end, mm -hmm. he also helps you on the defensive end. They the the, the Raptors shot fifty. 40, 90. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's great offense, but against a team like the Warriors, who they say their DNA is defense, yep. and you let them shoot 50% from the floor and 40% from the three? Yeah. Clay could help shut some of that down. Mm -hmm. The dynasty's on the line tonight. This era, they come back next year, different team, go try <laughs> to go to your six straight finals. I get it. But they are not coming back down coming back from down 3-1. Because it happened twice in the same postseason just a few years ago, both times involving the Warriors, I think people have overestimated how easy that is, is to do. Happen, right? 11 times in NBA history. Mm -hmm. Four times in the last 15 years. And you're talking about coming back from Coming back from 3-1 down. Have we seen this happen? Only twice in the last 30 years have we seen, 40 years actually, have we seen it happen in the conference finals or beyond, both in 2016? The Warriors doing it against OKC and then the Cavs doing it against the Warriors. So they need to have the edge tonight. They need to win tonight. They need to take care of home court tonight. Or, to me, the biggest intrigue left in the finals will be in which game will Toronto win their first championship in franchise history? I think that the Warriors have shown in this era, there's not many times their backs have been against the wall. Not many times they've had to play desperate basketball, see? But they have responded with great performances all of those times but one. All, every time they had to have a win, whether it was the three straight against OKC, the two straight against Houston, I would argue game six against Houston this year kind of fit that bill coming off the KD injury. Mm -hmm. They have responded each and every time with the one exception being game seven against the Cavs in 2016. So I think the Warriors show up tonight. I think they show that championship medal, and I think that and maybe that alone gives them the edge. But they better, or else the Toronto Raptors are going to be NBA champions. I know it sounds good hypothetically, and I could see how you think that they're going to win. Oh, they got to win. Oh, they got to show up. But obviously, are you thinking the Clay Thompson that we saw in the first two games, that's the Clay that we're going to see? No, I don't think you're going to get full. Oh, so you think the rest of them? Play. So you think Iggy's going to start hitting shots? You think Andrew Bo Bogut going to get a little more nifty I don't on think the pick Bogut's, and roll? No, I'm not, I'm not assigning anything. What about to Boogie Bogut? Cousins? You think he's going to get in shape over the last 48 hours? I think Boogie will be better than he was in game three. I don't okay. think necessarily he'll be game two Boogie, but game three was as bad as we've seen him. I do think he'll be better. Because I do believe the Warriors will show up. I do believe the crowd, I do, it will take a Herculean effort for Toronto to win. But I do believe they're going to win because they are a better team than the injury-depleted Golden State Warriors. 
All them other examples you gave, those were the Warriors at full strength, bro. Yeah, you're right. This is a different game. Even if you say Clay was at 100%, I'll give you that. Okay, Clay played in two games. Well, they got outscored six of the eight quarters in those games. I don't think he's going to be 100%, and I believe with the guard play, Van Vliet, they made a great adjustment starting him in the third quarter of game number three, played him the whole quarter, him and Kawhi, and Cal Lowry's ability to be able to shoot the ball from deep. I believe it's going to give him some problems. I believe his hamstring won't be 100% the rest of the series. I believe Toronto gets it done tonight, so every other time except tonight, I believe the Raptors are going to pull off the upset tonight and take the commanding 3-1 to one lead back to Toronto. Even with Clay out on the court, and say he does give you some of the offense that they clear needed, the Warriors needed in the last game, he's not going to be what you expect from him on defense, which is what you really need because of how well the entire Raptors team played last game. Well, listen, he, he's not going to be full-strength Clay Thompson in any area of sure. his game. I, but the spot-up shooting is easier for him than all the running around and the guarding with that hamstring. That, there's no question about that. Now, do I think a 75% Clay Thompson can be a better defender than Quinn Cook? I do. Now, will he have to guard differently? He's not going to be able to chase guys off screens. The entire Warriors unit is going to have to adjust their defensive schemes to understand that Clay is not going to be able to chase a guy around the way he typically would. And so I, th that is an important element to it. And if this game were in Toronto, I might feel differently about it. And maybe I am just baking in too much of what's happened in the last five years. Maybe it is a, I, I need to see it to believe it. But are the Warriors going to win, okay. uh, lose, back-to-back -back home games to put the this portion of the dynasty on life support? I don't think they are. They did that when they were healthy. When they had a full lineup, they lost two games to the Clippers. Yes, like, <laughs> but not back-to-back. -back. But, yes, uh, they okay. did lose two home games to the Clippers. This yep. year at Oracle, there hadn't been any magic. I mean, they've lost games by double digits. They've lost games by 20 points at home. So, yes, this is the way that you don't three-peat. This is the way that you get dethroned as champion and as far as Clay is concerned. I don't think you guys, uh, I think you guys are overestimating his shooting ability if he can't run. If he can't run, all I got to do is get up and get on his right side, Nick. Where's he going to go? Like, he doesn't like to dribble when he's healthy. You think he's going to be um, trying to put the ball on the deck tonight and get to the hoop? No, all I got to do is play up on his right side if he can't run. Like, if he's not 100%, he is a, he's, he's a, a liability on offense and he's a liability on defense. People just think, oh, it's easier for him to play offense. No, not if I get right next to him. Well, he could. I think Jenna's point I understood is if, if tonight we had the NBA All-Star Weekend, you know, the three-point contest, he could hit those shots. Chris, your point is he ain't going to have those shots. He's going to have to find a way to get, to open. get open. And I think that's a point well taken. I want to say one other thing, because you said in the lead, Steve Kerr's optimistic about Kevin Durant playing in Game 5. He'd been optimistic about Kevin Durant playing in every game, yep. every chance he's had the opportunity to say it. Before Game 3, said KD was going to scrimmage on Thursday. They didn't even have no real scrimmage on Thursday. I, I think Kevin Durant, the earliest we're going to see him is game six. Kevin Durant said the last game, game number three, I'll know a lot more tomorrow, which was yesterday. Yes. Right. And you see what, what they announced yesterday. Out 30 hours oh, before the game. I'll know a lot more. So they didn't increase his workload. Immediately they ruled him out. I didn't think he was going to play any more this postseason. And I'd be game five. I mean, that 
Right now, I'm, I'm back to game six. Right. If they can get it back to Oracle game six, man, then then they'd be in business. That's I'm on the exact same page as you. That The earliest you could see him is game six, and then you're running out of days now, which is that's one of the reasons why I've, I've read some articles over the last 24 hours saying that the Warriors are not in the typical position a team would be in if they fall down 3-1 because they'll have Kevin Durant coming back. I don't know that they will have Kevin Durant coming back. And I know it's impossible for them to feel comfortable because there have to be people in KD's camp that don't want him to come back. Man, you're too close to free agency. Nothing good can happen if you do come back. They're going to give Steph all the credit anyway. He's already going to get the MVP. It's just going to make you look bad and potentially, man, you could hurt yourself. So those whispers in his ear and also his body is not, not responding. Yeah. It's been four weeks since he strained the calf. So I don't expect him before game six. So looking at the calendar, game six is Thursday. So he would have from now until next Thursday if, he, if game six is the one circled on the calendar. I've been saying for over a year now that the lure of New York was real for Kyrie Irving. I had assumed all along it was the Knicks, but the Nets have put themselves in play. And clearly the Nets, in dealing away two first-round picks, significant assets for a rebuilding team, believe they have a legitimate shot at Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie going there just by himself or to play with D'Angelo Russell doesn't make a lot of sense because he'd be leaving a young up-and-coming team with good young talent to go to Boston Light to a degree with yep. a young up-and-coming team that is probably with worse And that isn't talent. Mannix being the Boston homer no, that I sometimes accuse you of being. That is 100% accurate. You would be leaving a, the, the, the same template for an inferior version yes. of that template. I'm with you 1,000%. And you know, here, here's one thing I think I, I kind of know about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie would love to recreate the dynamic he had in Cleveland. Maybe not the roster or even with LeBron, but he wants the dynamic. Kyrie spent his formative years just basically sleepwalking through the regular season. It was like, you know, we don't care. We'll get to the playoffs. We're really talented. Mm -hmm. It was LeBron's kind of attitude towards the regular season. He got to Boston, and he played for a coach in Brad Stevens that was incredibly process-oriented. They were in conflict. Yes, their relationship was not good. So... You know, because Brad was all about let's get better, let's get mm. better, let's get better. Let's be like what the Milwaukee Bucks were this year. Let's get better every single game. And Kyrie didn't really want to do that. I don't know where Kyrie can recreate that. Maybe if he goes to New York and they get Anthony Davis via trade and they get Kevin Durant to sign there. But if he goes to the Nets, he's playing for like Brad Stevens light in Kenny mm -hmm. Atkinson there, who is another player development centric guy who's process oriented. I just don't know. I don't know that Kyrie is ever going to get the the the, the locker room dynamic, the regular season dynamic that he had in Cleveland, which I think he still craves. I think that Kyrie is the wild card in all the free agents, but it is real. The interest in Brooklyn, and not only his interest, but the people that are close to him. One of his advisors wants him in New York. His dad potentially wants him with the Nets. That's been known for a long, long time. And... I have a source that tells me that Kyrie is trying to pursue Kevin Durant. Now, it's not going to work, but he has reached out to them and tried to persuade him, and then that was validated, the information I had, by based on what they did yesterday. So this is, now I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Chris, before this trade happened, a few days ago, said, 
he heard Kyrie's trying to recruit Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. And I said to you, I said, well, that's good for Kyrie, but I guess Kyrie doesn't know the salary cap the way I know the salary cap because that right. don't, ain't going to work. And then I saw this Woj bomb yesterday, and I saw Brooklyn that has been trying to dig their way out of pick hell that from the trade with your guy Danny Ainge finally got out of it and then just say, pick, pick, go ahead, take it away because we want cap space. And I immediately hit you up and I said, okay, now maybe we're on to something here where Kyrie is trying to, we've talked about Kevin Durant setting up his business empire out here, wanting the East Coast hub in conflict, not in conflict, but comparison to LeBron's West Coast hub. Man, Brooklyn and Barclays and MSG are just a bridge away. So wherever your business is set up in Manhattan, you can still play, obviously, for the Nets. Now, that does not mean he'll be successful. And I don't think, tell me if you think I'm wrong, see, the Knicks are overly concerned that Kyrie's going to be able to convince Kevin Durant to join him in Brooklyn. But Brooklyn is laying the foundation to where they can have Kyrie and still keep D'Angelo right. or have Kyrie let D'Angelo go and bring in another player. And let's be fair to KD. K KD is trying to concentrate on his body, trying to get back into this NBA final, and he's given Kyrie no indication that that's what he wants to do. Right now, if you're a betting, you should bet Kyrie's going to go to Brooklyn, but you should be betting KD is going to go to the Knicks. What does Brooklyn offer that the Knicks don't? Infrastructure, for starters. I mean, look, they have the foundation of a team that, if you add Kyrie Irving to it, could take a step forward. Now, I don't know how big that step forward is. Mm -hmm. The Knicks, for decades now, have just said, look, we're the Knicks. We'll attract free agents. We've got Broadway. You've got a Manhattan address. You can do all. The Knicks have never shown the type of infrastructure that the Nets have. The Knicks now have David Fisdale, which I think is an alluring piece to add to that mm -hmm. equation. But the Nets are certainly more fundamentally sound with their organization than the Knicks are. I want to add one other thing, because I, I had heard er earlier this week when the Kyrie Nets stuff reached something of a fear pitch that the plan in Brooklyn was going to be sign Kyrie and then try their damnedest even if it was unlikely to get in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes mm -hmm. to try to do exactly what Boston was trying to do pair KD and Kyrie AD and Kyrie together this trade to me totally removes that from the table you don't have a 20 you traded away your 2019 pick you traded away your 2020 pick yep. because of the rules the only reason they could even do that is because they have the Nuggets 2019 pick this year. And you year. can't do sign and trades. There's a lot of complicating lot, factors. Yeah. They don't have the assets, and now they've traded away their picks. And there's no way you can get Anthony Davis to commit long term. And so for all these reasons, the Nets, if they were th hoping to p pair Kate, Kyrie and Anthony Davis via signing Kyrie and trading with Anthony Davis, that's now gone. It's Kyrie and D'Angelo, their hope of Kyrie and KD. Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, I think, is a very real possibility depending on what happens there. All those things are there. One last point. There is one place Kyrie could go and recreate the exact situation you're talking about with the exact guy. He yes. had it with the first time, but he'd have to cross the country. The, 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 just real quick, the, the, the big – the team that's out there on the island is the Knicks right now because – the Nets, if they wind up with Kyrie and even Tobias Harris, who I think is pretty much is high on their radar as well, if they wind up with those two guys, it's worth dealing those two first-round picks. The Knicks traded Kristaps Porzingis to clear this cap space. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear any more about Porzingis didn't want to be there, was going to sign a one-year contract. That's spin. They traded away a franchise cornerstone in his early 20s to clear double max cap space to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. If they only wind up with one, which they could have had anyway. Well, I think they did. Hold on. I think that 
their their hope was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think they traded away so it could be Kevin Durant and somebody. Okay, but I, Kyrie's the only one I think is worth trading Porzingis for. I think if they get Katie and Kimba, I think it'd be well worth it. Uh, that's that's debatable. I mean, Kemba's 29, 30 years well, old. Well, if we had more time, we'd debate it. Okay. You'd yeah, lose. We can't